Mentally Morbid. This podcast represents the opinions of the speakers and guests to the show. By listening to this podcast or reading any content posted or shared by the Mentally Morbid creators, you agree not to use this podcast or blog as psychological advice. The content should not be used in lieu of medical or psychological advice or any legal capacity whatsoever, including but not limited to establishing standard of care. The content here is for entertainment and educational purposes only. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or blog. Please consult healthcare professionals for any medical or psychological care. So yeah, listen. <laughs> Welcome back, mentally morbid listeners. It's episode and we've it's got episode Danny here. And Kayla and Kinsey. <laughs> but and Kinsey has something very important to say. Right. Because as I, always. I was supposed to wait. But listen, Brad Mondo, like he's got good videos. Oh, oh man. Yeah, for sure. Like when he comments on people no, doing he me. He what? In twenty twenty. He, he, he saved me in 2020. Oh, COVID. He taught everybody how to cut their own hair while we were all in quarantine. I, again, can't cut in a straight line. So that would never be me. But I find his commentary great. And I find his personality great. So I really enjoy the videos where people sent him and he says what they did wrong. I like this. I liked the, I would like to watch him and then watch the man who does the makeup. The gay man who does the makeup. That doesn't. I don't remember his name. Doesn't narrow it down. He has, he's twin. He's a twin for one thing. I'm I'm going to Google it. He's he's very reserved. Yeah, it was like James, Jeffrey. Yeah, Jeffrey Starr, James Charles. A twin. He, I saw him a lot on YouTube. Like he wasn't, he's not like huge, huge, but. Big enough that I showed you his face, you'd probably know him, but I don't know if you know his name. Um, but he has a twin. Let me see. I don't know. I really this. I feel like I'm stereotyping. Just um, googling gay man makeup twin. Um, James and Robert Welsh. There we go. Never heard. Okay, well Google knew what I was trying to do. Um, yeah, yeah. I feel like you would have. Let's see. Will it do it? Uh, yeah. Look at that. Oh no, never seen that man. Well, okay. I liked him because you have Brad Mondo, who's very like over the top, and then you have these guys who are like more reserved and softer spoken. Anyway, Kinsey, your haircut. <laughs> My haircut. I thought you were going to go into a story. You love watching people do bad haircuts. But that was that was her. That was the thought. That was it. That no, was complete. yeah, I really, oh. yeah, no, I really like. I just like enjoy. I I'm a big fan. Of when people just do too much. Like they start with like, I'm going to cut an inch off. And then it turns into like a wolf cut. You like the fail or the fail um, haircut video. Or like they bleach their hair and they they wash it. And they're like, it's still orange. And they put more bleach on it. And he like freaks out. He's like, oh no. And then the hair falls out. Oh, I have have so many. I've seen so many TikToks of, of people just act. Like whenever they go and wash their hair, they bleached it so much that like. They'll run their hands through it and it's just falling out. And and they're like freaking out. And I'm like, you dumbass. Right. So I don't know if you guys have, have you guys started the new season of Too Hot to Handle? Okay. You don't have to. So far, not that. You asked that like it's on our list. (laughs) You asked that like I finished the first season. You watch a lot of other shows. (laughs) So I don't know. You could be. 
I'll probably watch it. I'll watch. I'll watch it when I, my other shows run no, out. I don't care. I lost my rights to Netflix. So oh, I can't right, right, right. It. So far, not that great. But I would like for you guys to look at the cast photos because there is one girl, and her hair is the color of bleached straw, but her eyebrows are the color of my hair, and I'm just like, who? It's oh no, it's so bleached. <laughs> it is so bleached. But you know, I what I appreciate about these people who do this. Um, is it keeps me from doing it because anytime that I think to myself, man, I wish my hair was lighter, but gosh, I don't feel like going or feel like paying for it. I remember the horror videos of them pulling their hair out clump by clump. And I'm like, you know what? I love my natural hair. Okay. Listen, I'm going to say Fine. something that's not helpful for this, but I actually used to bleach my hair all the time and nothing bad happened. No, I cannot cut my, I didn't say I haven't done it. But I wouldn't keep doing I'm just it. Saying tempting fate. Though. I'm just saying, if you read the instructions on the box and actually follow said instructions on the box, your hair typically doesn't fall out. Okay. I hate everything about that. <laughs> don't read the instructions. Just fucking put it on. I don't think I've ever read the entire instructions on anything. I can't relate. <laughs> Listen, when it comes to my hair falling out, when I it- read all the instructions. I I went to the dollar store yesterday because I needed one ingredient and I did not want to go all the way to the store to get one ingredient. I needed red, white wine vinegar. Mm, yeah. So I was going to make my homemade Greek, homemade Greek dressing. Mm-hmm. I had to focus so hard to look at all the bottles to actually <laughs> see if it was there or not. And I thought to myself, like, it really shouldn't be this hard just to look at things one by one. But I'm literally jumping around like shelf to shelf and i'm like just look at it in a row just read each bottle <laughs> so instructions don't work listen, listen uh <laughs> i told you guys about the girl look right no yeah oh what i did yeah dj does boy looks yeah where he just glances at this. things and says i can't find it mm-hmm. and then i say did you do a girl look that's our new thing because i saw i saw it on tiktok some australians mm-hmm. were doing something about doing a girl look and i was like i was like do a girl look and then i'll help you and then he'll do a girl look and he'll find it every time so yeah be more like you gotta do you gotta do a girl look annie i usually can okay well first of all it wasn't there it wasn't there they don't have it it's help. not that I struggle to find the thing. It's just I struggle to find the thing in an orderly fashion. There's no organization <laughs> to how I look. <laughs> oh. But I'll stand. I looked for like five minutes. I stood there the whole time. Have you ever done the thing where you, you can't find something, but you know it's there? So you take each object and you're like, this is not a lighter. And then you, you have put to it think down. about it. And then you, you got picture the next it. Thing and you're like, this is not it's a lighter. It's the frontal lobe. And then you take the next thing. No, not a lighter. I have actually never done that. <laughs> really? No. Because it helps me. <laughs> oh, but listen, that lighter right there, Gus bought me one of those because I asked him to go to the store and buy a lighter. Oh. And I love it. It's only one thing, Annie. It's just like... For anyone who can't oh. see what we're talking okay. about, there's a there's a lighter that I got from Publix and it doesn't have the, the thumb clicky thing. You just squeeze it together. No thumb clicky. Just one... What, Annie? I will never be unimpressed with our ability to go from topic to topic. What do you mean? Listen, (laughs) all I'm saying is Gus bought me a lighter and I was, 
Gus, I was, hair, fire, same thing. Yeah, I was like, okay. I was like, can you pick me up a lighter? So he goes to the gas station and gets me a fucking cigarette lighter. And I was like, no, I need long lighter for candles. And he was like, why can't you just use this one? And I was like, what happens when the candles start to burn down and I can't get my hands in there? And he was like, it'll be fun. Next day he shows up with that lighter. And I was like, thank you. And then I used it and I was like, oh. We're never going back to regular lighters. <laughs> you know, when you're training dogs, you're supposed to do like at least one good boy for every fat, oh, no. uh, five bad boys. Listen, I'm just, I got two lighters. Make sure so. you're aware. <laughs> Copper, gets, Copper gets lots of good boys. <laughs> I feel like Copper gets more good boys than Gus gets more good. good than you, you got yep. me. You feel me. Yep. You know where we're going with this. Yeah. Gus actually told Ashley at one point in time he has realized that he oh. can't be too nice to me either because I don't respond well to positivity or praise. <laughs> oh, that's healthy. <laughs> He's like, she gets, I, she gets weird about it, so I just don't say it. Okay. Kenzie, you're so pretty. <laughs> she just does a dumb smile. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm so excited because <laughs> Gus is coming to my house in a couple of weeks, and I and I'm I'm really I'm really concerned for Gus. A couple, in a couple not of Kenzie weeks. though, just Gus. <laughs> in a couple weeks, not. I mean, it's not. ten days from now. It's not, it's not one week. A week and a half. Give listen. Let my, weekend, brain have time. <laughs> let my brain have time. That's a couple of weeks. Just at least two weeks. Speaking of, listen, listen. Oh, listen. here we go. Here's a thought. Okay. Hair, if lighter. You, if, you, light if, if you if you do your laundry every laundry. other day. <laughs> go. I had this thought the other day and my brain hurt because of oh, it. No. I could not reason it. I feel like Is it's so simple, but it's not math. It's it's not even it's not even that interesting. You'll understand. Go. My brain got so stuck on it for absolutely no reason. <laughs> I was like, okay, you know. Like if I, I wonder if I should do like a schedule cleaning. Cause like I do pretty well, like how things are now. Cause my schedule's not as bad, but like, what if I had a schedule cleaning? Would that just like make it better? I wouldn't follow it. But anyways, and I'm like, okay, you could do like laundry like every other day. That's like a load every other day. And then I'm like, so then are you doing laundry every two days? Is it every two days, every other day? But it's like not a full two days. So that. is that every no, two days? I hate it. Oh, right. <laughs> it doesn't fit. It's not every one day, but it's also not every two it's, days. It's every other. It is closer to every 48 hours than every two days. I don't like every two days. <laughs> no, it doesn't no. fit. And I was like, why is it somewhere in the middle? <laughs> also, I'm having some psychosomatic symptoms right now. <laughs> that's a shit ton of laundry. You and Kevin need to stop working out. If you only wore one outfit a day, you would not. First of all, that was a very hypothetical thing. Okay, <laughs> I just, I got stuck on it. Kind of like the lava cake. No, no, no. Okay. Oh so, my God. That was hilarious. Let me tell I'm not done with no. the laundry. Wait, wait. I'm not done with the laundry. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> oh. I understand what you're saying. I was going to, I was just going to say, I hate doing giant loads of laundry because I hate putting it away. It's not the laundry that yeah. I hate doing, but I, I absolutely, I would throw all my clothes in the backyard yes. and just let them rot there until I need them. Um, but <laughs> I actually, I tried to do laundry more often. So I only had like 10 clothes to put away 
instead of 45. Um, turns out I'm not good at it anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> We've been doing really good with it one basket at a time. Our most is going to be two. After that, it's going to get overwhelming and it's going to go into the big basket and it's going to sit there until we have to do it because somebody is coming to our I've house. I've seen the big basket. I've actually seen Kevin hide the big basket <laughs> in another room. Yes. That's right. You hide the big basket if you don't do the big no, basket. No, listen, that's where I got fucked up. You don't show your laundry. This is where, <laughs> laundry. This is where I got fucked up, right? So I was telling them, this, listeners, I was telling Annie and Kayla the other day, I had a really shitty Monday, but it started off with, I, it started off with, I woke up on Monday, I start washing my face, brushing my teeth, all that to get ready for work, and all of my animals are huddled around my pile of clean laundry. And I'm like, that can't be a good sign. Oh, and I no. go, I go in. <laughs> it's public clothing. My, I forgot that's how your day started off. My beautiful cat <laughs> that I love, my princess angel cricket, sat on top of my desk, which had brand new <laughs> artwork I had just bought that was watercolored. Watercolored, two pieces of watercolor artwork of FSU that I wanted to hang in my, I hadn't hang up yet, but they were on the desk. Sat on top of the desk next to the artwork and projectile vomited across the artwork and all <laughs> over the pile of clean clothes on the floor. And I was like, and then they were all eating it. All <laughs> it. Looking back, it was an omen. It was an omen. I should have just quit that. I, quit, I, I had a shitty day, and that was the best part of your right. day. But I'm like, wait, I like everything bad happened on Monday, which is you know sometimes I have yesterday. But then, For everyone who doesn't yesterday. know what day it is, but yeah, I definitely should have like taken that as a sign and been like, okay, we stay home today. <laughs> I don't think it would have mattered. Yeah. So that sucked, but that's what you get because that's what I do. And today I put the clean laundry away. <laughs> it's got to be a process, right? You got to wash it, then put it in a space. Then the next day you put it. That away. seems like a thing. Yeah. Listen, I actually have. Washing. I've actually noticed I do a lot better with tasks I hate doing whenever I have an audiobook to listen to. Yeah. I have started carrying like- my computer around so I can have Amazing Race playing in the background just because. <laughs> Because it feels more enjoyable. Not that I'm really watching. Not that I really have to watch. It's a fucking race. It's just on. But I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm doing something I enjoy. So I can clean the dishes. Yeah. That's see, I feel like you you should bond with a, an elderly woman because y'all would watch the same television shows. <laughs> yeah. Me and my stepmom do watch all the same television Survivor. shows. <laughs> Me and my stepmom, Nicole, we are on the exact same wavelength for TV. <laughs> I do have an update. I have decided it is probably in my best interest to audition for Amazing Race rather than Survivor. So we're pivoting. Did you also think she was going to quit? I have an update. I'm not going to be a part of this podcast anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 my brain wasn't there. I was thinking of what I wanted to say. <laughs> I will say, <laughs> I wanted to say, um, remember when we all went on girls trip and there was the unknown wet? Yes. The unknown yeah, yeah. What? What? Uh, what's it called? Shower bath mat, rug, bath mat. whatever bath mat. Um, bath mat. So at that Airbnb, they <laughs> had a swivel TV. I don't know if you guys remember that. I do. It had yep. a, a swivel mount. Those are and nice. Ever since, and then I bought myself <laughs> one so that I can swivel my TV so I can do dishes. So fucking worth it's it. So nice. So worth it. 
Oh. I bought a second one for DJ's room just recently, and I just put it up a couple days ago. Literally so worth Very it. Very nice. Honestly, just to have, like, even if it's, like, a show you've seen a hundred times, just to have it on makes those tasks just feel more enjoyable to me. I actually really enjoy editing our episodes whenever I'm doing stuff like that because I'm multitasking and I feel very productive. And I also, I enjoy, oh God, just close your ears. I actually enjoy the podcast. It's really nice to listen to. It's funny. I think we're funny. So I would listen even though I am in it. You know what I'm hearing? Sometimes. No. A compliment? hurts i'm funny i don't doubt that (laughs) everybody i am the talent i'm i'm the talent talent you know it's funny i i use valley girl voice to define you when really i should just shriek from the bottom of my oh god there you go perfect god that's exactly what i would do if i could (laughs) remember i have to Lower your volume every time I edit, and I'm sure everybody who's driving no, while listening—they're no, probably they driving off the road. No, they choose to listen. Exactly, they choose to listen. There's a disclaimer. I don't have a okay, podcast voice. We're not, we're not reliable. I don't really know why they listen. <laughs> I have a more like um, CSI Miami voice than a podcast voice. You know, the girl who's getting murdered. Oh. The people on the <laughs> sidelines who see the murder. The- ah! Yeah, no, that makes more sense. I was thinking. <laughs> Never mind. I, I all I, I know is Law and Order, so I was like, "Duh, duh." Then I oh. hear the guy's voice come on. <laughs> okay, listen. So I only get on TikTok to post our TikToks because it is just not something. Well, you have. Just so you know, you probably have 400 TikToks oh, from both me and Annie. No, I have more than that. I have at least a thousand. <laughs> at some point, I'll watch them. <laughs> Probably Christmas. You won't. But so I pretty much just get on um, to post, but I will find myself like watching five or six and then I get bored and I moved on with my life. But somehow me and Kayla's joint algorithm, because Kayla also uses the, use the TikTok at first. Right. So I feel like it's both of us. Somehow it is currently on the people that dance to that song and the people who dance with their cats to that song. I really enjoy that. I really enjoy that. That is that's a TikTok I can get behind. But even Gus saw it the other day. I pulled it up for like maybe five minutes and I was watching them and laughing. And then all of a sudden it took a right turn to like whatever it thinks Kayla's algorithm was. And it got really fucking weird. It got like scary weird. Oh no. It w- I don't know what that's supposed to mean. It was odd. It was just an odd turn. Scary weird. I can't even remember what they were, but it was a weird algorithm. Hey, um, I just, yeah. Are we done with that topic? Because I have something else I wanted to share. See, I, um, it depends on what you're about to say if we're done see, with this topic. I could be like, yeah, we're done. So, um, I had a client today tell me that ghosts taste like pepperonis. I love that. And I want, I want to, I want to know what your opinion on that is. I immediately want, I, okay. I don't know if you guys know this, but I have a strong passion for very weirdly. For ghosts. Well, no, you know, I love ghosts. I have a strong passion for those little, um, 
embroidery right. messages that pe- old ladies make that are like fuck off and stuff. And ghost tastes like pepperoni would be a very great little embroidery message. <laughs> I would hate that okay. on my wall. I know you would. <clears throat> um, yeah, basically he was eating breakfast with me and he bit his bagel into the shape of a ghost. And then he was like, Ooh. And I was like, I, I uh, was it was it an adult? No, I want you to ask yourself what my population is. Yeah, I I just that's listen. I'm impressed with because I'm thinking about how you have to like really carefully bite in order to make it the shape of a ghost. Oh, and no. I'm just it was an accident. It was an accident. Oh. He saw that it was a ghost, that it was shaped like a ghost, and then he made the sound. Anyway, and I was it? like. <gasps> What is the ghost? I was like, what does the ghost taste like? And he was like, pepperoni. I was like, okay. <laughs> this all makes sense. It's adding up. It was great. Gosh. I, and in my head, I was so like, cute. man, that would make a great sticker. Just a pepperoni ghost. There. Just ask him if we can trade. I am the graphic designer here. Ask, so I guess I'll get on that. Make sure you and? make sure you get the release, though. Ask him to sign over the rights. <laughs> we do have an opening for writing department though if anybody wants to take on that right ask the three-year-old if he wants to be the writing department he's got better content than i do (laughs) i'm sure (laughs) i like it yeah it was great it was funny Mm -hmm. i laughed really hard do we want to talk about the little i think it's great that you i think it's great that you like the kids (laughs) <laughs> weren't you a they play therapist future. for a second yeah she was yeah that's not what i said mm-hmm. yeah for a second for a reason mm-hmm. she was <laughs> the same reason you interview. can't work with kids is the same reason i can't work with uh adults <laughs> i it's you know what's weird is some people might because i I was talking with Kevin earlier because somebody actually tried to talk to me at the gym and he was like, great now tomorrow. Yeah. Listen, I was doing a workout and he was, and he paused me and he was like, Hey, what are you, what are you working out when you do that? Which for one thing, I was like, thank you for thinking that I'm competent enough. Right. And I was like, well, when I'm doing it correctly, (laughs) I think this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and Kevin was like, good. Now what you do tomorrow is when you see him, you say hello. And I was like, why are you telling me this? He's like, that's how you make friends. And I was like, Kevin, I'm not jealous of you. I know. Okay. I mean, sometimes I don't know how to talk to people, but it's not appropriately. I know how to talk. I know how to say hello. (laughs) I just don't want to. I love that he tried coaching you into making a new boyfriend at the gym. I love that that he thinks you're socially awkward and not just a bitch. (laughs) Well, that's what I explained to him. I was like, Kevin, you don't understand. Mm -hmm. I operate on two modes. I am either black cat. Or golden retriever. There's no in between. <laughs> and if it's not one of my close people, I am black cat. And that's just all there is to right. it. Right. Um, porcupine. You know what's funny? DJ has also been trying to make me friends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is this what I don't know what's I don't know what's happening in our little in our little alcove of our world. It's not pathetic. <laughs> but DJ will see he'll come home one day from work he works at Publix everyone who doesn't know he'll come home from work one day and he'll be like so I saw this couple who's like our age and like I think you guys would get along and I think that I would get along with the guy so like I don't know what do you think and I'm like let me tell you 
I want to sit at home. I want to sit at home with with my books and my little candle and my iced coffee and TikTok and like yeah. maybe some paint and then I'll go to sleep and then I don't have to talk to anyone but you guys every Tuesday. I want to put I want to get a metal detector and, and put all my headphones and go all over my yard and dig holes. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you're not a golden retriever, you're a Dotson. <laughs> I mean, it's not that I don't have a sense of humor. I just don't like using it with kids because I'm like cats. K- Kinsey, you, I, I, I feel like you're very different from this conversation because you are <clears throat> golden retriever. Like you are the essence of golden retriever. Look at her. I ah, am. Like, yeah. I talked to all of my friends at the gym yesterday in a short <laughs> period. I had like five people <laughs> wave to me. I got to talk to someone about their wedding. Like I had a great old time. And then I went home and it was great. But I am taking that notes. Terrible. Uh, how do you listen? <laughs> how do you listen to like? I want to listen to my my music. How often like, do you have to take them out? <laughs> I don't take them out. Right. I don't take them out at all. I go to a private gym. They play loud ass music the whole time that everybody likes. Well, they do at Planet Venice too. I but but if you have the headphones on, then you can't talk to people. I do group classes. You don't have to talk to people. I do group. Yeah. Oh, she chooses classes. Group. <laughs> I talked a lot. I would like group classes. I wouldn't mind group classes because I feel like that's the kind of surface level conversation I could have. Oh, like that I could do. I'm going to be honest. I actually prefer the relationships that are surf. I prefer the gym friends because there's like they don't expect much from me. Every once in a while, I get invited to go get dinner or drinks. Like every six months, and I'm like, that's when I would move gyms. No, nah, it's happened. That right it's there. happened like twice. If that moment happened, new gym. But like. I don't really, like, I ask how they're doing. They ask how I'm doing. I go about my life. No one's texting me. No one wants to, no one needs my, anything, you know? Mm-mm. But that, that's nice. That needs new friends. So I'll take notes that I should go to Publix and point out people that he should be friends. <laughs> huh? What is Gus? Gus is an introvert, I think. But Gus grew up here, so all of the people that he's friends with, he's been friends with for like his whole fucking life. So we gotta make we gotta mix it up a little bit. No, I Annie, feel I'll him. need you to tell me if he's a cat or a dog. Oh, I'll let you know. Gus, he, I feel like he's gonna be like a parrot or something. I feel like Gus is definitely a cat, even though he is the dog man, right? Like he works at dog daycare, but I feel like he is cat. Is wait, is there another animal that might fit somewhere between? Like, what's the between the cat and the dog? A uh, ferret. <laughs> you hide your That's not it. it. <laughs> you dig it under the bed. <laughs> uh, no, there's got to be a between. A porky fish. <laughs> not a fish. That's like a dead animal, basically. <laughs> fish, fish. A pig. Fish are just fake pets. A piggy. What no. about a donkey? Oh, a donkey. That's okay. This is bad. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> we'll think about it. We'll think. Annie, whenever you meet him, you got to help her I'm analyze. Team and- Ferret. I'll sit right there with him and try and figure it I'll out. Be- Gus, let's see what she you are. Like, let's Gus, have this what- See, Gus. She'll Go ahead. be like, Gus, what animal do you think you are? And he'll be like, dog. And I'll be like, no. <laughs> have you warned chinchilla. him? Oh, chinchilla. Have I warned him about <laughs> you or 
Her basket of laundry. <gasps> the I mean, giant basket. Um, excuse me. There's no basket of laundry because I've been a responsible adult now for like a month. <laughs> I put my laundry day too. Ear high five. Mm. No, thank you. What am I warning him about? You, Kevin. The I, well, dogs, just Georgia. <laughs> the cat. Well, I feel like I feel like he's going to be very well versed for Georgia. I feel like he's going <clears> to <throat> fit in fine. Um, I just, dog. you know, he seems like a nice guy. I told him yesterday because Gus. Is he gonna cry? Gus took me and Ashley to get margaritas because he felt bad for me because my day was so bad. Uh, I told him. I said Annie is worried that she's gonna be too mean when you're around, and I said Gus will be fine, and he didn't seem faced. So, because you said that Ashley and him are mean to each other, but I feel like that's a different animal. Is he mean back? That's the that's the thing they're really, that I need. They're pretty mean to each other. He's not going to be mean back the first time you guys meet him. I don't know if he's going to speak when you meet him at all. We might have to wait till next <laughs> I, trip. Are you going to tell me if he cries so we can all laugh about it? I've never seen him cry. So I will definitely tell you, if, and we will definitely laugh about it. My sister-in-law <laughs> cried the first time she came to our house. Not our house, like my family's house. Mallory oh, seems right, like Because a, you guys were mean. Mallory. She seems sweet, yeah. Yeah. I yeah, she's don't not used doubt to it. that. Yeah, she went home and she cried. Well, she went to Tommy and cried. And many people cried. And she still married him. And I guess made her feel better. Had his offspring. Offspring. <laughs> offspring. <laughs> Upstream. <laughs> Live stream. No, I just stream. There's just you guys know how it is. Like when you have people who are not used to sarcasm and like a lot of wit. I mean, I, when I mean a lot of wit, like everything they say is on. Like it's it's going to be judged. Like you miss say a word by accident, and suddenly you're joking about it for five fucking minutes. Listen, and you don't let it go. <laughs> I have. I don't know what you mean to let this friendship go <laughs> for almost a decade. Gus is going to have to get with the fucking program. <laughs> He'll just cry a few times and he'll grow up. It'll be fine. I gave him plenty of opportunities to see what he was getting himself into. He refuses to listen to the podcast. So that's his fucking problem. You know, I I will say if he has survived you, I feel like it's We're a breeze. Yeah. If if he can get through the Kinsey, he can get through the Kinsey. In fact, I might be really nice to him because of (laughs) it. I am so sorry. Right. <laughs> of course, it's the first thing I'm going to hug him. And he walks up and she's like, are you in danger? <laughs> I'm going to slip him the number for the abuse hotline for sure. Blink twice if you need help. <laughs> Meanwhile, all he's doing is blinking for oh 80 minutes. I see a little fruit basket. It's like, what to do when the one you love hurts you? And Oh, oh no. I can help. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I just going to be sitting back drinking a beer, not saying anything, trying to ignore the fuck out of everybody. <laughs> Kevin's going to be like, come on, Gus, let's just leave. You want to go to Dollar Tree? <laughs> you know, Honestly, shots? I can see it. You need a shot? I need a shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. What? Wait, what does he drink? Oh, he'll drink whatever. We're not picky. Whatever you guys have. Oh, good. <laughs> She didn't ask you, Kins. We. 
She asked about Gus. It's not all about no, you. No, Kinsey, I am very well aware that you will drink whatever I put in front of you. And that is one of the reasons that I love you. That is why when we go out, we are so compatible. I know. <laughs> Gus is actually the same way. So it's actually fantastic. Like, we are pretty, like, we're just ready. Like, there's plenty of things I think that he would prefer not to drink, but that's not going to be the shit that you have. He doesn't want, like, when we went on the cruise, there was, like, a champagne bar. That wasn't his vibe. So as long as you're not trying to be too schmoozy, I know you... I know you're pretty high class. I've never been accused of that. <laughs> but you give that man a light beer, he's ready to go. Easy peasy. <clears throat> I'm excited. Hey, guys. Oh, no. no. Remember that homework I gave you? I do. It was a lot. The whole time I sat there, because I can't stand an unanswered question. So the whole time I sat there watching it going, what angle does she have? Uh, she's promoting so, her podcast. Was that if, not clear? What when if they said, like, if you want to watch this podcast on every single episode? Right, right, right. Okay. So if you have not listened to the last episode, at the end, I told Annie and Kinsey and the audience to do some homework and watch the betrayal on Hulu. Um. And you guys both finished it, right? Mm-hmm. I finished it while I was putting Almost. my laundry. I got, I got like half of number three. I didn't finish number three. Oh, uh, it's okay. You'll, it's fine. You're not missing <laughs> much on number the second half. I could kind of see where it was going. No, yeah, you'll, you'll figure it out <laughs> at the end. All right. So in the betrayal, the perfect husband. Um, I'm gonna kind of recap what it is, just in case. You mean I didn't have to watch it? Right. What was the no, point? No. Also, because, hey, I'm so offended because <laughs> Kayla was surprised we did our homework. Like, first of all, Annie and I are nerds. And if you tell us to do something, we're going to do it. Second off, I love TV. So fuck you. And another thing. And, um, <laughs> and I told you thrice. <laughs> I love when Kayla tells stories. And one more thing. So let me talk about my experience with Kayla. <laughs> Go for it, Kayla. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm done. So <laughs> my resources are <clears throat> decider.com, dynamic.uoregon.edu. Healthline.com, Wikipedia, relationalrecovery.com, psychologytoday.com, and health.com. Honestly, Healthline and Wikipedia should just be our resources for everything moving forward. (laughs) (laughs) I use psychology today. I Googled it and Wikipedia said yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So basically, like I said, I'm going to recap it. Uh, for everybody who wasn't able to watch or whatever, um, it's called The Betrayal, The Perfect Husband, and it's an ABC News documentary on Hulu, and it tells the story of a woman named Jennifer Faison? Yeah. F-A-I-S-O-N. And her husband, Spence Heron. Um, so, basically, the overall gist of the story is... The whole first episode is this woman explaining how much she's in love with this man 
named Spence Heron. They meet in college um, in Georgia, and everyone likes Spence, okay? Literally everybody who knew them as a couple, everybody who was on campus really liked him. He had a lot of positive references, <clears throat> um, and they fell in love until he graduated from college, and then she um, basically ended the relationship so that she could experience her senior year of, col uh, of college without being in a relationship. Which was really cool. Right. I, Power to the people. Proud of her, honestly. But um, so she later, she ended up like graduating and she was a producer for some TV shows like Judge Judy, whoa, Judge Judy and Extreme Home Makeover. Um, and he went on to marry and have kids, um, but later got divorced. After all of that, about 20 years after they dated, they found each other on Facebook. Facebook. On Facebook, um, and they started messaging each other, and they met up um, whenever they were both on a trip to New York, and they rekindled their relationship. Um, and they pretty quickly fell back in love, and they later got married. So, after they got married, um, there was a lot of information that Jennifer found out um, after the police raided their home and he was and spence was arrested for sexual assault of a student um after she went and did some of her own research and some uh digging from his uh email address she found out that he had um several accounts um that he was using to contact women um, and was corresponding with more than 60 women um, for sex. And she had absolutely no idea. So basically the rest of the story is like um, he's in prison. She's trying to um, make sense of what all of this is. Uh, like, who this person actually was um, behind the husband that she knew. Um, so during the show, there's actually a therapist on there that is a betrayal trauma therapist who I uh, was kind of drawn to because I was interested in what that actually meant. And if I'm not mistaken, that was her betrayal trauma therapist right right i found that really okay. interesting i wasn't she a psychologist maybe it was a psychologist no yeah there were two different people or there was okay there was a psychologist and there was the betrayal trauma therapist mm -hmm. the lady i said i liked i want uh namdi i think her first name is uh she has like youtube She's like YouTube famous because she does a lot of work on personality disorders. And then the more hippie lady was the trauma therapist. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to look more into what betrayal trauma is and how betrayal trauma um, affects people. And you, as therapists, and I feel like as like a lay person would definitely be able to say that she was pretty obsessed with the story to the point where she 
did her own digging and she could not get it out of her head. And she made her own podcast about it. And she's oh. still doing research about all of the things that he did. Not even that, what? the timeline. She made like literally like in a detail by detail timeline of his affairs and his cheating. That was, that was a lot. She went hard. Yeah. So, um, first of all, what is betray- betrayal trauma? Um, in short, betrayal trauma stems from uh, a mistreatment by a caregiver or a trusted person, like an intimate partner. Um, and this can a- include physical violence, emotional abuse, and sexual abuse. Um, it occurs when a person of trust violates someone. Hold on. It occurs when a person's trust is violated by another person or a system that they rely on for survival. Mm. <clears throat> and survival can mean lots of different things, which we'll go into later. Um, and, of course, not everybody who experiences betrayal is going to um, experience it the same way. Um, and... The way someone responds to betrayal depends on the person and the details of the experience um, is what is a quote from Dr. Freyd. Jennifer, I think her name is Jennifer Freyd, um, who wrote a paper on betrayal. There is a betrayal trauma theory. So this is a theory because it very much um, is parallel to PTSD. But there is a difference between betrayal and PTSD, and I'll go into that a little bit. Um, so Dr. Freyd said that we do see some common reactions, including anxiety, depression, and disassociation um, with both of them. So PTSD impacts a lot of survivors um, and is diagnosed and um Treatments don't take into account the particular ways that being abused by someone who was trusted or depended on impacts a survivor, is what another doctor, Dr. Platt. Say that again. Although PTSD does impact a lot of survivors, its diagnosis and treatment do not take into account the particular ways that being abused by someone trusted or depended on impacts a survivor. So traditional PTSD results in fear and problems caused by trying to avoid the fear. And betrayal trauma often results in shame and disassociation, as well as problems causing or, uh, problems caused by trying to avoid shame and disassociation. So the PTSD is trying to avoid an external um, fear. While this is, I mean, while betrayal trauma is trying to avoid um, reactions to the trauma, mm-hmm. which they both kind of do. But so that's why this is a theory is because it's, it's kind of parallel to it. Annie, I see you thinking. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because I actually I have a client who is very similar story. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I, I have also looked up the betrayal 
therapy stuff to kind yeah. of see. Because I was like, that's actually a cool therapy to kind of get into because I do see a lot of um, younger women and just by nature, you get a lot of. So anyways, um, no, I'm just trying to figure out that statement out because at first I thought it meant that PTSD just more generally treats trauma. So it doesn't really, you don't have to necessarily account for like the specific way like what it was, but more of just like, it's PTSD, like anything traumatic, whereas betrayal trauma is more centered on like a, a betrayal. Like it's the trauma of that, um, what you thought you knew versus what was actually happening. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought it meant. So I was just trying to figure that statement out. Um, I feel like I could send it to you and you reading it might be able to help later. So there's different kinds of betrayal Um, There's familial betrayal, institutional betrayal, and cultural. Um, So familial betrayal uh, is a betrayal that occurs within the family and can include childhood physical, emotional, or sexual abuse by a perpetrator um, that is trusted, but it's not restricted to childhood. Um, And this is where infidelity uh, falls as as well, um, like with an intimate partner violence um, or other events that can cause betrayal trauma uh, because it involves a breach of trust between people in an intimate relationship. So that's where betrayal or um, infidelity, that's where she would fall. Hmm. Um, institutional betrayal can happen when an institution harms an individual that has claimed to serve them which can include hospitals, mental health facilities, the government, police departments, um, anything that is an institution. Yes, Kenzie? I have betrayal trauma. The, okay. The government, they did me wrong at least a few times. So put me down. All right. Kenzie falls on that one. Um, <clears throat> so those in those institutions are expected to provide safety for the people that they serve. Um, So this particular article gives the example of if a therapist blames their client for abuse they experienced, they're betraying their client's trust and worsening the effects of the abuse. So it can be pretty subtle. Like it, it, it can also like fall in microaggressions, Mm -hmm. like just the way that uh, someone perceives a comment um, could be internalized as institutional betrayal. Um, and cultural betrayal is betrayal within culture groups, specifically minority groups. Um, in minority groups, there's a high level of trust associated with the members of the group. Um, and again, they provide protection, a sense of safety. Um, they are, they have a sense of togetherness against social inequality. How do I, I kind of lost my train of thought. Never mind. So that's cultural betrayal. <laughs> uh, betrayal itself is not a diagnosis. Um, just so everybody knows, it does not fall within um, the DSM-5. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a, a way to better understand your process. Right. That's interesting because I, I do feel like that entire trauma section on the DSM is really lacking in general. Like it's pretty much just PTSD and that falls into chronic or acute when you boil it down in simple terms. Like there's not a lot of information there. So I do feel like 
maybe not necessarily a diagnosis for betrayal, but more information on like what trauma can do would be helpful there. I don't feel like that section section is great. Well, and I, I don't know if it's like a newer way to look at it or if it's just kind of different people's perspectives, but there, I remember I, I read um, after an affair and I had to look who it was Janice spring. They refer to it um, versus it being like extramarital affair or cheating. It's a betrayal. I think it was then that I kind of started using that word um, from that book. And I think it fits better because it's a more modern way of looking at it because you have so many, like, if you look at polyamorous, it's not like cheating is so more, it's such a difficult thing to define mm-hmm. in a simple way. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you call it a betrayal, it's not really about any certain rules. It's more about you were betrayed. Um, but two, calling it a trauma is also something that's a little bit newer. I don't know if you're really going to get into why it's a trauma versus why it's just cheating or. Right. Um, I will a little bit. And we can okay. Then I'll leave that for later. Okay. Yeah, we can talk about that in a minute. Um, so a lot of people who are seeking therapy, which Jen or um, what was her name? Which I, one? The therapist or the person? Jennifer Faison, the person who was betrayed Fasson. in the show. Yeah, Fasson. Um. So she. Some of the symptoms of this trauma are betrayal, blindness, difficulty trusting in other relationships, altered definition of love, revictimization, lowered self-esteem, and other mental health challenges. So betrayal, blindness. Um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go into it. Is um when a person consciously or unconsciously ignores signs of betrayal to preserve the relationship. So like I said, the, the betrayer is part of the victims or the survivors. However, someone wants to identify, um, is their safety. That's their like sense yeah. of safety. So sometimes people will start to ignore the betrayal in order to keep their sense of safety and security. Um, so they may start to deny behaviors, make excuses, and even become defensive if questioned um, about someone, a, a partner's actions or, or a parent's actions. Um, so by avoiding the signs of betrayal, they can make the situation worse and they start to work harder to maintain the relationship. Hmm. Um, obviously like difficulty trusting other relationships, um, it's, it's going to be very hard for someone to establish new and positive trusting relationships after being betrayed. And a lot of times the victims will find themselves trying to figure out what the actual definition of love is for them. They'll have to start the work, um, to adjust their personal definition of love. Mm-hmm. So they may begin to consider things like abuse, infidelity, or other forms of betrayal as a normal part of love, especially if they're starting to betray it and they're trying to talk themselves into denying betrayal. Um, they start to believe it. Mm-hmm. So they have to work on redefining love. Um, 
So if a per, uh, this is revictimization part. If a person's definition of love has been altered to include betrayal, it makes sense that they would be at high risk to be victimized again in the future. Um, by either the same or other partners. So that's why you see a lot of people who go back to their partners after being betrayed, or they try to seek the attention again from that same perpetrator is because they see betrayal and they have kind of internalized betrayal as part of their definition of love. And of course it alters your self-esteem. So it can seriously affect your perspective of yourself. Um, Any comments before I move on to the trauma part? I'm going to let you finish and then I'll, I'm going to shut up until then because we never do let you talk. (laughs) No. All right. So um, the, the way the, Annie asked, how is it a trauma and not just cheating? Um, So there's a theory, because this is already a theory. Um, There's a way that there is a, there's a psychotherapist who explains this as complex trauma. Um, So complex trauma is traumatic stressors that are interpersonal that are premeditated planned and caused by other humans, such as violation or, and or exploitation of another person. So because of the, because complex trauma is both relational and repeated, this correlates with the definition of betrayal trauma. So that's why they're calling it a trauma and not just infidelity. So it's complex trauma is most often associated with children who experience types of relational and repeated violations. Um, But it also can be applied to all of the other betrayal traumas that I listed earlier. Um, There is also um, a theory about it relating to attachment theory. Um, So, they started with applying the concept of betrayal trauma um, to attachment theory because attachment comes before betrayal and the way that your attachment style, which we should probably do an episode on attachment styles. Did we do that? <laughs> We've talked about it, but I can hit it next week if it's a good follow up. Uh, it does. Yeah. I feel like we should talk about it at some point. It doesn't have to be next week, but so attachment. I got nothing um, better to do. (laughs) So your earliest childhood relationships, uh, basically are, well, it's a lot more complex than that, but your childhood, the way that you're parented and the way that you grow up kind of helps to form your attachment style. Um, and when these bonds are strong and secure, they help, move people towards a secure attachment with first their family and then with other people. So um, if you have an insecure attachment, um, this often leads to like more comp 
complicated relationships in the future. Um, so they're thinking that like, depending on your attachment style, it can affect the way that you interpret betrayal trauma. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. But I, I think it could even, um, and stop me if I'm going too quick into this, but I think it could even damage what is has already been created, even if it's secure, even if it's a temporary shift. Because the the whole theory of attachment is that you build a working model of self and others. And so that if you have a secure attachment, you grow up having kind of, and this is a bit reductive, but it's a positive working model so that you believe other people are trustworthy just as much as you believe that you are capable of being loved. Mm -hmm. And when somebody that you think loves you and is trustworthy, then breaks that trust and it feels that they do not love you in the same way that kind of destroys that working model that you've created. And so it's hard to see the world in that same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think um, your attachment style would also have an effect on the aftermath of the betrayal. Sure. Too. So it someone- confirms it a little sometimes, right. Or, or breaks it. Right. Very confirmation right. bias. Yeah. 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 I, I also feel like people who have different, um, attachment styles might be able to have a little bit more resilience to betrayal as well. Like would, someone who has a higher self-esteem um, might be able to bounce back faster or maybe bounce back a little bit in a more positive way from betrayal than, or maybe not internalizing it as trauma. <laughs> maybe it would just be betrayal. You know what I think would be really interesting is to compare I feel like she had a secure attachment style, Jennifer did, and that was why she didn't try to take him back. I feel like most women who have an insecure or anxious or avoidant attachment style would have a hard time dealing with the betrayal, but also be more likely to end up back in that relationship because they feel like they don't deserve something better. Yeah, because he did he did try to get her back <laughs> from jail, which I, is amazing. I, yeah, I feel like that I would hold firm more quickly due to the shame of staying Mm. more than feeling that I should move on like that. I would really struggle with that because I feel like I I'm still working on like my self-esteem and like, I know that if I look at it from the same perspective, like if it were Kevin, I would want to justify it and try to excuse it and make like, it's not true. And like, I would be so hard pressed to make any excuse to stay, but I wouldn't because of how public it would be. Mm-hmm. And so I think that would have me leaving sooner, but it would be so much more difficult if we're not public. And especially this, that, the condition under which, you know. Right. I feel well, like. An interesting take too, because she has created a following based off of this, off of this yeah. story. So if she went back after yeah. making a podcast and doing all of this research and doing a show and she went back to him. I feel like you're right. She would probably feel more shame mm-hmm. in going back to him publicly than she would have. It's like an extra layer of protection for yourself. Right. It is. I, I Maybe she did that subconsciously. And I do wonder what like the difference is because I feel like there were a lot of layers there and it definitely is chronic um, and complex too. Yeah. But like, I don't know. 
what the stats are, but I would assume most women would not. Yeah, it is. Oh, oh, I would say they would not go back to someone that has been arrested for child stuff. That that's the kind of the additive, right? Where it's not just that he's cheated. Oh, it was so much worse. Uh, yeah, than that. I don't know if I. I don't know if I said that earlier. He, yeah, he had, he had been arrested for speaking of, by the way, yeah, I, I think I mentioned it briefly, but like, that was a big deal. He, I think the, you mentioned that police, he went to jail. Right. But the police raided his home because a student stepped forward and told their parents about him grooming them into having sex with him. And then they found out there were more of them. Right. He like, so, like, not only was he a cheater because like, I mean, he was a pedophile. I feel like a lot of women do take cheaters back. And I feel like a lot of women uh, would have taken him back up until that point. But like, women are more likely to take them back. But like the pedophile thing, like I don't know what the stats are on that, but that's, that's pretty much a nail in the coffin right there. Also because like legally, because, you know, I, I've i had some experience working with people that have um, similar things on their records. And I mean, legally, it would just completely change how she lives her life as well. Like, she can't live in certain areas. She can't do certain mm-hmm. things with him. Like, that's like a completely different level of like, it, like moving forward there would be... Yeah so different mm-hmm. than just trying to reconcile from cheating. A social pariah at that point. Yeah, that's a right. great word for it. And, you know, I think I messaged you guys earlier that episode three was really triggering because it is all about her, the kid. And, I mean, he was in a relationship with that girl for three years. Years. That wasn't, yep. that wasn't a, like, not that you could say a pedophile is a mistake ever, but we can't write that off. Not a consensual relationship. This wasn't like a relationship relationship. This was a, he was so manipulative. He was so manipulative and so pushy about it. No, he, that it was, there's a lot of pressure. He literally rapes there her. was a lot of pressure. Yeah. It was not consensual in any sense. No. Ever. But that's why I mentioned, that's why I mentioned that I, I understand the girls, because I think it's very easy, especially to make it something trivial when we talk about sexualizing young women, when we, when we compare and we go, yeah, but you wouldn't see it the same as a boy, but I think it often is different. And I'm not saying that it always is. And I'm not even saying that most of the time it is, but I think for a lot of women, I can understand when you're young and you're getting that attention and it feels good. And it's not about the sexual attention. It's because somebody is showing you simple attention. They're actually looking at you and showing from what you can see that they care about you. And that is then used to establish a relationship that then becomes sexual. And that's why it's predatory. Mm -hmm. It's not because the girl is wanting it too. It it matters. It's because they have used this girl's desire for affection and care and have then given that through sex, which is then very damaging because then that is what you establish as affection and care for a long time in their life. And that's why it's very difficult. That was well said. Mm-hmm. I think. Which has nothing to do with betrayal trauma, but. No, I know, <laughs> but it matters. I. Uh... Right. Whoa. Kenzie? Empty thoughts. Empty brain. <laughs> what? She's really good at what that. What just happened? What did you just say? <laughs> Annie did a great job of explaining why 
it's it predatory. Yeah. Why it's predatory. I have no idea what I was going to say there, but uh, to empty brain for that one. One day it's going to come back and we'll just put it right in we'll there. Just, Ka- Kayla will just oh, edit it and shove it in. I was going to say, and that's a really good oh. plug right there to remind you that we've done episodes on grooming before. So if you're curious, if you or someone you know has been groomed, we have also already talked about that. So go back. We've also talked about infidelity and cheating mm-hmm. uh, in Annie's episode. So um, this kind of... uh good lean in. Yeah, it it kind of all relates, but so um wait, so I was you I was gonna say th- I think what would be interesting as well is to look at um the differences in outcomes between people that are in long term affairs versus people that are not. And I'm not saying I don't feel like this is normal because he was in so many long-term affairs. He was in several very long. I feel like a lot of the times you're going to see someone that's cheated and found another romantic oh, relation. Fuck that best friend of hers. Oh my God. Yeah. Her, her own husband. And like, Oh, she's going to the absolutely. wine bar and just like fucking him. at the. He's having a yeah. brothel at the wine bar, but like that's a different level of betrayal right there. Like people do cheat. Yeah. People do cheat and decide they love somebody else another, and still want to be with but, you, but like, but see, that's another level of betrayal. Like, your husband and your best friend, the the two people that you probably put all of your trust in for survival, mm-hmm. emotional survival, mm-hmm. and they fucking. But I think. That's so when when they start off with this, and this is why listeners, if you haven't watched it, I think I would really encourage you to watch it first, at least part of it. She has all of the notes, the letters, pictures. She's very organized. I don't know that I ever would have kept that kind of stuff that early on in a relationship, but she has all of it. And so she's already showing that that's kind of her personality is to track, to organize, to keep. And so I don't, I'm not surprised when they. Yes, but not only that, but she's organized about she it. She really like, was. She has held on to the stuff. So not just sentimental. She She's very organized. That's how her brain works. And so I'm not surprised when it showed how much she was trying to organize all of the information because I think the amount of it. I think if it were just a few... I, th- I can see how she probably could have let it go a little earlier and just dealt with, I don't know all the facts. But because there was so much to uncover, it's like, my God... How how could I have not have known that this person existed? Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like it's not just about the relationship. It's literally trying to establish like where the hell is my intuition that all of this could have been going on for my entire time of knowing him and that I could not have known. So like mm-hmm. that's part of why it is a trauma because when we talk about trauma, it's trauma because it shakes the very foundation of what you feel is safe so that you no longer feel that that thing, whatever it is that traumatized you is safe anymore. So that's that trigger. So when we talk about a betrayal of any kind of relationship, you now do not have that foundation of the relationship. What you thought it was is different now and it's changed and it, and it feels ruined. And so you're trying to establish just understanding. That's, mm-hmm. That was really well said. I, I did find myself wondering because there was such a long period of time where they weren't together and because Facebook wasn't a big thing at that point in time when they were together. Yeah. I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, as a therapist and as a person who has far too much curiosity, I'm very curious when this started for him. And he had to have been doing this with the ex-wife. Did she know? 
did they get divorced for separate reasons? Like there's he said that that he started after the divorce, but I don't trust literally anything that comes out of his mouth. So I you know, I mean, to be that uh delinquent with your behaviors, to be that dirty and devious yeah. and pedophile and all of that, like that that takes a long time to work into that. You're not just mm-hmm. gonna wake up one day and decide you're gonna start fucking your students. No, I would imagine though that comfortable with it. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Is that the more you get away? Yeah, the more you get away with it, the more that you do. It's it's why cheaters often do get caught in the end because they start getting comfortable, and Mm -hmm. they think it's just like they just start getting more comfortable. It's as simple as that. It's like stealing a little bit of money at work, and then you start stealing more and more. It's pushing boundaries that. Yeah, they find it a, a game. Yeah. No. Exactly. So I would I would assume that. While he probably wasn't doing this amount of things then, I would assume he cheated several times before that. Mm, Yeah. Even if it was like one night flings and stuff, like you build up into this. Right. So um, if you or someone you love, if you believe that you have experienced betrayal trauma uh, or if you are experiencing betrayal trauma um you can work with your therapist even it is not a diagnosis but you can work with your therapist to help unpack some of the effects of the betrayal um you can explore attachment with them and you might be able to identify some underlying causes of um like what attach whichever attachment that you have attachment style um and you can work with them to start building more secure relationships. Um, I hate you can also. I hate to be that person too, but there are some really good quizzes out there if you're curious what your attachment style is on on Google. Yeah, and there there's actually ones nowadays that uh, there's a website. It's one of the first ones. If you click it, it has like attachment style workbooks that they've created for different attachment styles to work through that. If you're not, yeah, it's very easy to find your attachment style now nowadays. If you're not um, ready for therapy. But you're curious. <laughs> right. Um, and mo- most mental health experts recommend some form of couples therapy if you're trying to heal the relationship of infidelity. Um, and it is important to work with your therapist on examining any feelings of self-blame, self-esteem, and working on healthy strategies for coping with difficult emotions. I will say, because when I work with people with this, I usually do explain them from the trauma side. And then I talk about kind of the different types of cheating. Um, And I think this is where another plug for Esther Perel. And it's funny because I still have where I was looking earlier for betrayal trauma uh, or betrayal trauma therapy um, training. I still have all my browsers up where I was going to look at it tomorrow too. Um, Nice. One of the things is Esther Perel, because you can actually pay for an account with um, training. Anyways, but she talks about the different types of cheaters essentially. And it kind of goes into like, if it happens once or twice, it might be like a specific person. It might be problems within the relationship. Um, but typically if it happens more than once and it's kind of a pattern, then you're not looking at the relationship. You're looking at the individual who is doing the betraying. Um, mm-hmm. And I always, I usually refer to that and I never know if I'm getting this right, but I usually refer to it as like characterological cheating because it's almost like domestic violence where if it's a, char- a characterological um, abuser, that it's more about their personality And so when I work with somebody like that, 
I generally do get to a point where we talk a lot more about leaving that relationship because that is a lot to work with. And you don't typically see the change because that individual has to identify for themselves what is wrong with them, right. not what's going on in the relationship. And that's often very difficult to do because they're often very, um, I guess, narcissistic about it. I also think for right. some of those people, I know a client of mine, uh, I'll take this as a reference between a client of mine who has a history of cheating, who's a sex addict, and my stepdad, who has a history of cheating, who's a piece of shit. So we'll, we'll go somewhere in between there. If you are a sex addict, <laughs> shout, shout out, Mike. Uh, if you are a sex addict, uh, shout out, beep. Um, if you are a sex addict, yeah. um, I feel like being in a romantic relationship like that is got, I don't know if it's possible for some of them. Because, like, my client, like, he can't have sex. That causes a slew of further problems. Like, he cannot be in that kind of relationship with somebody. So. That's why I think there's a cheater and then there's someone who cheats. And there's. And I don't, I don't often use it in therapy. But, like, in my own personal idea, I think there's a cheater and I think there are people who cheat. And there's, in my, right. in my worldview, I think there's people who cheat and people that are addicted to those behaviors. And that's why I bring up oh, yeah, sex matters, sure. right? Like. People that are addicted to cheating. It's a real thing. So, yeah, but I agree. So, like, there's just so many different ways you can look at it. Like, are they genuinely just that careless with other people's emotions? Are they addicted to this behavior? Are they in love with somebody else? Like, I'll be honest with you. Honestly, from a very pulled back perspective, I don't often think they even think about the other person. I don't think that it's that they're that um, callous. I just don't think they have the ability to connect on that level. Like if you're really able to pull back and look at it from a very unbiased lens and not have um, any of like your personal like vendettas against it, mm -hmm. you can really study that person in a very different way. And I, and I just, I think it's a lot like um, with pedophilia, we often want to like vilify them, but if you can just for a moment research them, it's very different. And I, that's a whole nother conversation, but it, I, I don't think that they often think about the other person's emotions at all. Right. Right. Well said. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. And, you know, they gave him a lot of labels and a lot of diagnoses that we don't know if those are actual diagnoses or sure. not. But, but I mean, he does display uh, symptoms of like narcissism and uh, all sorts of DSM uh, diagnoses. But I, unless you're his therapist or his psychologist or whatever, you're not going to know. And I want to know, even if he is honest, that's even if he's being honest with right. his therapist. And he's not, I, I, I want to know more about her perspective of like their fights and conflict. Like, cause she talked a lot about how good it was, but of course there had to be moments where it was difficult. And I think that's the part that I, I didn't get a lot of from that. And I'm like, okay, I wonder when it wasn't good. Like when there was a tough moment, when they didn't connect, when they didn't have sex, but they, one of them wanted to, what was that like? Cause that to me is really where you see like narcissistic signs, not just they're hiding something, but if right. they're able to like talk things through and, and actually work through them. I right. feel like I would be surprised if they had many fights. I feel like she could probably recount all the fights on her hands. Bye, Kenzie. Uh, <laughs> Lemon fell on copper. So <laughs> I'm. I wish we could um, 
keep Talk going. I, no. <laughs> let's just, we're just going to do attachment theory next week. I'm just going to, I'll find right. something. We're actually Saturday. Saturday. But yeah, I feel oh, like, uh, I wasn't necessarily, com- I, I would be surprised if like he let the mask slip at all. That's how, that's what I pr- pretty much call it when people are trying to deceive you is like, sure. let that mask slip at all with her. I feel like he was such a, just, he was in tune with how to manipulate. Her. He was so on top of them having the perfect marriage because she was his cover, in my opinion. Like, yeah. I don't know if he loved her. Maybe he did, but she was there to protect his secrets. Like, no one's going to look like he looked less suspicious with her around, I think. But I didn't really necessarily think like any judgment towards him until the, the kid came in. Like, I loved her. She's she seems great. Like, I kind of want to be her friend. Right. But, like, he, like, I just kind of assumed it was, like, him acting out because she, he wasn't getting what he needed sexually for a while until it turned into, like, the pedophilia stuff. And that's where, like, the judgment starts for me, where I'm just, like... By, like, the 30th other woman, it's like, okay, so this isn't about you getting it on a Friday it's not night every fun now and anymore. again. <laughs> I'm not having any fun anymore. It's bad, and I'm going to throw up. You that's, know, but I'm telling you, like, for trigger warning for this show, because honestly, I, I know Kinz and I, were, we're, we talked about it a little that's bit. A lot. Um, if you have ever sexted a guy, I feel like you're going to get triggered. It's just, if if you have, you're going to get triggered. Because it's it just mirrors so many ways of, like, the like the flippant part of the sexual relationships. It's, it's a very hard watch. So if a guy has ever tried to come on to you and text... Just be prepared to see him as a piece of shit for a while. Like you said, you were looking at DJ. I'm over here going, Kevin, let me go ahead and see your phone. Like, I'm going to go through your emails. Right. I was just, I was like, does he have a Bro, what you hiding? I was like, there's literally no way for him to have a secret life. But in my head, I was like, but does he though? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's a good, this is where me and Kevin being codependent really makes me feel really good. (laughs) We, I, if he if he could honestly, kudos for finding the way to get <laughs> you know past what? me. Round of applause! Literally, you, did, you got past me. Good job. So far, if Gus is living a double life, he's doing a really bad job because he made me open a Snapchat that was not intended for him. That was very explicit for him. Oh no! And then immediately texted me when his ex-girlfriend sent him a picture of her dog. So I, and he's trying because he's so scared of you. And he's just trying to live a secret life. He's doing a terrible fucking job because he keeps telling me all this shit. But for the women who have um, thought the same thing, we are not saying that you could have known or should have known or anything. No, we no, just no, simply no. get lucky with the guys we it have. It really seemed like she right. didn't know, and that makes it worse. It does. Oh, for sure. I I like it. I like the angle. I was really curious where we were going with it. Um, it's funny just because I was like, you know, after I saw her, the therapist talking, I was like, you know, that's an interesting way of looking at it versus just from like infidelity, but looking at it from the very specific point of betrayal trauma. Right. And I do love some good training. So I very quickly went today you're and about was to, like, let's do that. Now you're actually about to start a betrayal. I'm telling you, I've you. got four tabs open, just ready to see which <laughs> ones are actually like good trainings to do. So this is my tomorrow's work. It's just oh still God. there. Great. Love that for you. Um, yeah. Next week is Annie. 
Yeah. Attachment. Annie's going to come with attachment or something else because she's ADHD and can't focus on one thing at once. I was already also thinking about memory. Oh, God. Right. Okay. So um, if you'd like (laughs) to follow us on any platform, just click the follow button. If you want to send Kenzie Venmo money, uh, Venmo Mentally Morbid Pod. Yeah. If you'd like to send us an email, mentallymorbidpod at gmail.com. And is that everything? But we hope you stay mental. Stay morbid. We'll see you Tuesday.